between love and hate to see Can't wait too late, but baby, I'm on it Hey y'all, um, welcome to the Pretty in Politics podcast. My name is Dawn Jones, uh, Donnie Lee's J on all social media platforms. Um, happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, I promise to be more consistent this year, um, but I will say um, we did leave off on in a good place, you know, last year. Um, and so my wish for this year is that um, we can continue this momentum Um, especially because this is the year 2024. Um, More importantly, this is the um, presidential election year. So this is just an overall really, really important year for politics. Um, And overall, a really, really important time, um, you know, for me to continue to inform you all of all the important stuff to make sure that you all have all the information that you need um, to make sure that we are not being left out of the critical decisions that are being made about us without us. So 2024, y'all. Okay, so I'm not gonna lie, 2023 was a really, really good year for me. Um, I think overall it was a very transformative year. Um, so we had a lot of wins. I don't even want to say we there were a lot of lows because I can't necessarily say that. I think overall I'm just a very emotional person, and so things that <laughs> the things that I am considering to be lows are not low at all. Um, so the year is good. Christmas was absolutely amazing. I think. Um, that has been my favorite part of the year, I think. It's like closing it with my kids, um, especially now, because this year my daughter is almost two years old. And so she is fully aware of everything that is going on. So like things like Elf on the Shelf was a big deal. Christmas shopping was a big deal. Unwrapping the gifts was a huge deal. So like now that like she is fully involved and her and um, Hendrix can do that together. It was just such a magical experience and I just want to do that for the rest of my life. So um, that was beautiful. And then to top it off at the end of the year, I bought myself a new car um, because I felt like I deserved it. So that was that. Um, And so now we are moving into 2024. Like I said, this is an election year. Um, It's a really, really big year. And then I I honestly feel really, really hopeful for where we're going this year. And so I'm, I'm happy to be here with y'all. And so cheers, clink, clink, clink. Um, and let's just do the dang thing this year, for real, for real. Um, so today we're gonna cover a few things. Um, so on the, lap, the last podcast, I did have Christian on and we talked about kind of the buildup and the anticipation leading into the Houston runoff election. Um, the, I think the, the biggest note was that um, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee had stepped down to run for Houston mayor. Unfortunately, she was defeated by um, State Senator John Whitmire. And so he is now our mayor of Houston. Um, and so I want to go through some of those results just so we can see, based off of the conversation that we had in the last podcast, um, kind of where it left off. And so um, we had a few races that had runoffs. And so I'm going to go through the list of like who won. 
So for Houston Controller, of course, Chris Holland's one. Um, Chris Holland's is very, very well known here in Houston. Um, he really has made a name for himself. I think ultimately he was able to show himself um, in our earlier years in his um, involvement in the Harris County election office. And so um, I think that's where a lot of us got to really know who Chris Holland's was. And so he did win the city controller um, seat. Uh, District D, we had a runoff between Carol Shabazz and Travis McGee. Uh, Travis McGee is a community organizer, community leader. Um, and so uh, Dr. Shabazz did go ahead and win that seat. So she has been reelected for District D. Um, in District G, we had Mary Non Huffman going against Tony Busby. Tony Busby is also pretty well known here in Houston. He ran for mayor um, a few years ago. I want to say four years ago. Could have been shorter than that. Um, but uh, he was defeated. Uh, so then in District H, we have Mario Castillo, who won. And so I am a NLC alumni, uh, which is New Leaders Council, um, Houston. And so I, I sit on the board and Mario is also an alumni who was also a board member. And so that is my NLC compadre. And so super duper happy um, for him as he is a councilman now. So that is just a huge deal. Oh, okay. So uh, at large, one, uh, Melanie Miles was defeated by Julian Ramirez. Um, at large, two, Willie Davis won. Uh, we have at large, three, Twala Carter won. And uh, Richard Cantu was defeated. And uh, in at large, four, Letitia Plummer um, was reelected in her seat. So some good things came out of it. Um, I will say... The only thing about the mayor race for me and all views are my own. They are not anyone else's that I'm attached to, nor am I endorsing anyone in, in any sort of way. Um, but my personal feelings about it is that I was rooting for Sheila Jackson Lee. And I know there are a bunch of different, listen, I know there are different conspiracies, different thoughts, different opinions on what folks think. Um, just based on her personality and things like that. But I will say for me, just someone who has been doing this work here in Houston for quite some time, um, I kind of just felt like she deserved it. I think a lot of the times people talk about how she's always on the scene and it doesn't matter where you are at, SJL is going to pull up and this and that. Um, and yes, that's true. But I think that was even more of a reason why I was like, she deserves it. Because like, although she is kind of always around, she's always going to ask for the mic. She is very much get out my way type. But she has always been there. She's always been there. She was very supportive to me when I was running the Beto campaign at TSU. Um, she has always been very nice to me. Um, and I think ultimately, um, all personality traits to the side, she has proven herself as a public servant in that way, regardless of her age, regardless of any antics that anyone has to say. Um, th those are my true feelings. Now, I will also say, I don't have many opinions on jo John Whitmire because I don't truly know. I don't know much about um, anything, but I do know that he has been an elected official um, longer than Sheila Jackson Lee has. And so I know there was a lot of conversation about her being a career um, elected official. And so I guess you could say the same for both. Um, so those are my thoughts on that. All in all, um, I think they were sworn in on the second and today is the fourth, so all good. And um, 
that's where we are at with Houston politics. Um, so another thing that I wanted to talk about was um, the idea, since we're talking about elections, I think we should stay there. But one thing that I wanted to talk about was the idea that we are moving into um, election season and it is January and um, we have primaries in March. And so for folks who don't know what primary elections are, um, so there's times where you go and you vote and it's like, okay, everybody just come in and you go vote. Those are general elections. There's another time where you come in and they ask you, are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? You say what you, what you are and then you go to that place and you go to that place and then you vote. That is because primary elections are the parties electing their candidates who will run as a representation of that party. So that is what we are coming up to in March. Uh, and so this is also just as important. And this is also just as important because um, we have so much at stake um, this election season. Now, Donald Trump, how am I going to get here? <laughs> how am I going to navigate this? Um, so... understand that there has been a lot of question about Joe Biden's administration. And I think that that is rightfully so. I think um, there are so many things that I don't agree with. Um, there are so many things that I don't agree with, okay? Um, things that are currently happening. Um, and I think um, if anyone is to uh, criticize the administration, it would be someone like myself. However, that never makes me feel like I want to go vote Republican. <laughs> like, um, the job that Joe Biden has done, um, for one, there are, there are a lot of things that have taken place that we don't see. Um, and then also, there are some things that are almost out of his reach to where we think that maybe he's putting it to the side and we think that um, he just doesn't care. And the truth is that um, he continues to get shut down. And so one of those things being the Supreme Court shutting down student loan cancellation um, and things like that. And so like those are things that, um, you know, the administration was trying to uplift, you know, as a promise, because those are things that were promised to us. And ultimately those are things that should just fucking happen. Um, but um, things like that was shut down from the Supreme Court, you know? And so those are the things that are kind of like, okay, I guess from a distance you would say like, hey, not much is happening. Um, but there are some things that are just kind of out of his reach. So that's one thing. Um, but then another thing is that a lot of people just don't have the information. And so what happens with this false information and ultimately uh, propaganda is that people start to make decisions on their own. And I think that is the biggest thing that worries me right now is that I am hearing so many people like, oh my God, put Trump back in office, which he can't even. And there are so many people like, oh, get your body out of Oh, this is why I don't vote now. And I think that is the thing that is worrying me the most right now as we are in January moving towards March, um, is that I don't know that we have enough time to convince. Because the truth is that if folks knew the facts of what is actually happening, ultimately, um, things that are actually happening that would benefit, you know, people of color, 
um, they wouldn't have those same thoughts. But it's almost like so much time has went past and so many things have happened to where I don't know that we have enough time to convince so many people, especially when a lot of these people are getting a lot of their information from things like social media, um, things like TikTok, things like The Shade Room, and things like that. And so it's like, how do you convince people that the right thing to do is not to vote Republican. Like, that's not the answer. And so I think that's my only um, worry. And so it's scary. Um, it, it's, it's a scary place to kind of navigate because it's like, what do you do? And so I think a, a lot of that, that's on a lot of people. Um, so all that I can say is that I, I can continue to try my best to make sure that we are at least um, you know, reporting the information that matters the most and ultimately the information that will aid in people, um, A, just participating in the election at all, but then participating responsibly, which means like making the right decisions based off of policies and reflections of policies that, that have passed versus I don't know what they're seeing on social media. You know, I mean, I just, I don't know. You know, when you go on things like the shade room and then you go through the comments, all you see is like, this is why I don't vote now, or this is why I'm voting for Trump, or this is why I'm doing this and this is why I'm doing that. And it's like, I don't know what the answer is really. Um, but that is what is really worrying me. Like, honestly, like as we were coming into this new year, I literally thought of that and I was like, this is not good. So, um, that's just where we are at and yeah i mean it's it's kind of scary so that is that as i said i will continue to report on um you know any type of voter voter education as we continue to move closer to the election um but that is something that stays on my mind um and it's scary because like these are real things so scary so that's that um another thing that i wanted to talk about Oh, let's talk about Harvard. Let's talk about Harvard. So the president of Harvard, which was the first black president that Harvard has ever had. Um, mind you, Harvard is how many years old? I want to actually confirm before I even outwardly say this, but because what I want to say is is something that like seems extreme, <laughs> but like I think I think it's right. So let me see. Harvard was founded. Yeah, okay, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, Harvard was founded in 1636. So, we are talking about a school that has literally been here forever. Um, and this was the first black president that this school has seen. Um, so as of recently, um, a couple of days ago this week, the president, Claudine Gay, let's make sure that all this is right. Yes. Um, Claudine Gay, um, actually resigned from her position and this was after a bunch of backlash and a bunch of antics that were beyond me, honestly. Um, so ultimately she was... She was accused of plagiarism, plagiarism, plagiarism. She, she was accused of plagiarism 
Um, and so I actually want to, I was like, I want to play it, but it's kind of long. So I'll kind of just give the recap, but there was someone on, um, TikTok, TikTok that Amanda Seals reposted, um, by the name of Travis. And he had a really, really, really good breakdown of what exactly happened. Um, and ultimately how this just makes literally no sense. And so apparently there is someone by the name of Chris uh, Rubo who even brought this forward. And so the accusation is that initially, um, Claudine Gay was being accused of plagiarizing her, her thesis, um, and, or plagiarizing her thesis advisor. Now, mind you, um, in graduate school, your thesis advisor kind of serves as a co-author. And so they are someone who is literally like, you're kind of doing it together. Um, so like maybe you're writing stuff and then they're giving you feedback, they're making edits, or maybe they are recommend, like recommending certain things and then like you're keeping it there. So you're working together, honestly. And so she was accused of uh, plagiarizing some of her advisor's work when ultimately that's just kind of how that relationship works. Um, so that's one thing. So the other thing that she was accused of was um, not citing her paper correctly. Now, mind you, I believe she went to school in the 1980s when the internet was not a real thing. So apparently um, there was a part of her paper. Now, if you've been to graduate school, you would understand this. If you don't, totally fine, because I'm about to explain it. Um, so there, when you do research papers, there's a method, a methods part. Um, and to be exact, be, in undergrad, I took a class called Research Methods of Administration of Justice. And what that class was, was literally showing you how to prove the things that you're saying as you're doing a research paper. You're literally just saying, this is what I found, and this is from where, this is how I found it, this is how I got to where I got. So what she's being accused of is not citing her method section correctly. Um, and then ultimately like rewording or not properly rephrasing um, the things that she put into her method section. Now, if you're doing a research paper and you get to the methods part, there's literally no part that is your words. <laughs> like you're literally saying, my research paper is on this. I went to this page. I went to this website and got this information from there. I read these books and got this information from there. However, you gathered this information to come to this, you know, ending in your research is like, this is the method that I use. So that would have never been her information anyways. Like that, that would, that's not hers. Like it's other people's. And she has pulled from places and collected all this information. And therefore like this is her research and that's exactly what research is. And so if you've done any papers at all, like you understand like, yeah, the methods part is literally showing the method that you took to overall get to the end of your research. Um, so let's talk about this. So I saw Brittany um, Packett Cunningham actually talk about this on Instagram the other day, and it was so true. Why the fuck in 2024 are there any first black anythings right now? Like she literally said, and I totally concur, our ancestors have already done this work have literally done this work already. Why in 2024 is there a first black president at Harvard anyways? 
like why and the scrutiny that comes with that still in 2024 sucks so so bad I was having a conversation with my mom as we were talking about this and I was like damn like I could never run for office. Like I could literally never run for office because they're gonna pull my papers and be like, girl, you copied everything. <laughs> they're gonna be like, girl, you didn't write a thing. <laughs> so, um, because I, I was terrible at citing. I was terrible at citations, dude. The most that I would do sometimes is um, put shit in quotations. Like, and it's like, it's so easy to make errors when you are doing citations or citing anything, and so that's one. Um, so to even pick at things like that, it's just like, and then to hear the the response now of people as she has resigned um, is just truly disheartening. So going back to what Brittany uh, Peckett Cunningham was saying is that like, yeah, like why was she the first? Um, and then like, why are we still in this situation? Because the response that has come from her stepping down is literal people being like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense because, um, of course, she, like, cheated her way through school. Of course, she shouldn't have been there. Of course, this is because of affirmative action. Of course, this is because... And this is literally all of the things that white folks benefit from. Like, no, of course, you're in the place that you're at because... And, of course, you are and you are us black folks really got to work our ass off like we really are still having to prove ourselves all of the time so the idea that she would even risk something like completely plagiarizing papers and things like that um makes literal no sense and then folks also try to say like oh well she was the dean and she only wrote a few papers what papers i went to texas southern university and i don't i don't know of any deans writing papers and if they have like I don't know about it um I don't know of deans writing papers I think they're more of like administrators and that's just how they navigate so the idea that they're just like picking and picking and picking and sending this lady threats and honestly placing her feet to the fire to where she felt pressured to step down for her own safety and her family's safety is like damn we haven't gotten nowhere um we are still in the same place and we still have so much work to do. But I think for me, it was so damning because I had been hearing the stories for days and like she had a whole hearing, which was bullshit. Um, but it wasn't until I really sat down and watched that recap and then did like some more research to be like, they were talking about that? They were talking about a paper that she did with her thesis advisor? Did you not have one? Like, do you not know what they're supposed to do? Do you not know what research methods are? Maybe because you haven't had to write any papers before. <laughs> like, maybe because you cheated through school. Like, you know? And so, it's just so, so, so unfortunate because we literally take steps forward and then we are kicked right back down to the ground. Um, and so that just sucks so bad. It sucks so bad to see. It, it just sucks to see black women work so hard and to it still be like, you're not supposed to be here. Um, and so it, for context on that video, because I kind of, uh, 
am all over the place sometimes and not fully explaining things um, accurately, although I tried my best. Um, I did find that TikTok video on Amanda Seals' Instagram page that she reposted from a man named Travis, and that was on his TikTok. Please feel free to go back and watch that recap to fully understand what just happened. Um, and it is just a shame. So that's that on Harvard. Um, and I think that is all of the things that I want to discuss today. But I do want to say that as we are moving into a election year, season, all of that, I do hope and pray that we continue to educate ourselves on voter information and ultimately just understand that no, all of our power is not in voting. However, this is how we build power. And I understand there are other steps to take, but we have to take all of them. And voting is a critical step that we must take um, in order to build the power that we are trying to build, especially here in a state name, in a state name, in a state like Texas. Um, so, okay. I hope everybody has received that. Um, again, my name is Dawn Jones, Donnie Leach J on all platforms. I am a grassroots organizer, voter education warrior, so social justice advocate, and all of those things. Um, please follow me on all social media platforms, and please follow the podcast Pretty in Politics um, podcast. And um, we will be back for more next week. Bye. Can't worry about what a nigga think to see. And that's liberation and baby.